0: All right, so welcome to Real Estate by the Numbers. They never add up. We are here with Harry Spore continuing our Beginnings Podcast Part 2. We'll
1: probably have to go through Beginnings 3 and 4 before we get (laughs) to where we're at today. We we give as much detail as possible.
0: Yes, and it's very important, especially for those of you who are just starting out in real estate or property management or whatever. We want to make sure that you hear our story or your story. So, last time we ended at really the beginning of Superior Property Management. Yep. So, go ahead.
1: Go. All right. So, uh... The beginning of property management actually happened right at the downturn of the home sales. Did you
0: guys decide to do property management because of that, property management?
1: Yes. Actually, we decided uh, to do that off of just a basic idea. We were sitting in our house in Arlington. Um, uh, We were watching some of our uh, other agents that were still in new home construction. Mm -hmm. They were going to the model homes five, seven days a week with only an FHA and a VA loan that was basically available at that time. I mean, it was insane. There was just no loans available. Um, and, and they showed up every day thinking that the the market was gonna change. Uh, me and Missy, more Missy than me, had figured out that that just wasn't gonna happen. We've got to go a different route or a different avenue. Um, and we kind of watched the, the market continue to plummet. Uh, we were probably around three or four months into it. Uh, and basically, uh, I went back to a, an idea that my father always told me. He said, "If the economy ever goes bad, you shovel crap for a living." <laughs> Reason being is nobody else wants to shovel crap. Yep. So whatever you're willing to do is what you have to do. So
0: that's a good philosophy. It is. He I mean, you well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> look, it goes go do what everybody else is not willing to do. So <clears throat> we uh, uh, we knew that you had to have a licensed, you had to have a real estate license and be a licensed broker to manage other people's homes in the state of Tennessee, uh, and at that time especially, uh, and still holds true for the most part today, that people think that property management is the crap of real estate. Yeah. All right. I mean, if if you went not asked any agent, especially some highfalutin agent that's turning million dollar houses, you couldn't talk them into managing anything. They would tell you, they'd laugh you right out of the room.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't blame them. I mean, I don't. but you know, at that time we decided to get something together and get something structured and take off. So, uh, we started going out and trying to, uh, pursue some, uh, companies that were doing wholesaling and stuff like that and trying to get them to do referrals as far as that's concerned on, uh, the property management side. Uh, and it grew kind of slow at first. Um, when in the very beginning it was just, you know, basically Missy and I trying to, control the 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 building of the company. Mm. And
0: <clears throat> was your main market homeowners or investors?
1: It was investors. And it was a lot of low end houses because that's if you're gonna get into the property management, you gotta kinda start at the lower end stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was it was pretty tough. I mean it was rents that I think our average rent at that time was running at like five twenty five across the board. <laughs> wow. Uh we were taking like eight percent of the, of the rent, which is like next to nothing. Um, and, uh, the numbers just, uh, again, real estate, the numbers never add up. <laughs> all right. So if you're out there, you get into this, we, we got into this little wheelhouse of, we were managing at that time, maybe 50 to 70 properties mm-hmm. that doesn't allow to hire anybody to help you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's still so much work that it's just overwhelming to do alone or just the two of you or whatever. And, um, and back then we, well, I actually had to go uh, at the first of the month and I'd actually go door to door knocking on the doors to collect the rent.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness!
1: And it was just like a, a, like a spiral notebook sheet of paper with all the addresses, the tenants name and how much rent was on it. And of course you'd show up at three o'clock on uh, a Thursday and say, where's the rent? And they'd say, well, I don't have the entire rent, but if you come back on Saturday, I'll have it, uh, and sometimes they pay us $250 and then say, come back and get the other 300 uh, over the weekend. These houses were spread out all over Shelby County. Wow. Uh, it wasn't like they were in a central location, and, uh, I think one Friday night I came home after we had, you know, started getting a few more houses, I came home one Friday night, and I think I had like $20,000 in cash, because all the tenants yeah. at that time paid cash, uh. So,
0: <clears throat> Oh, so you guys still allowed that, I guess. Yeah, we
1: allowed it then. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, uh, anyway, so I come home and and, and they're paper clipped and, and oh, you goodness. know, I had a little cash receipt book and stuff and we'd paper clip the money to the cash receipts and I'd come home and I spread it all out on the kitchen table um, and we'd start figuring out and putting in an Excel spreadsheet what money we collected, what money we didn't collect what was going to be the next round the next day and the day after that of who I had to go back out and see and so on and so forth. And uh, that was the night that Missy told me that I had basically gone insane, that this was just, (laughs) this was the craziest thing ever. It was like, you know, every tenant knows me. They know that I'm coming around in a certain little wheelhouse of time on a certain day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if I ever set somebody up for like that seven o'clock at night pickup, they knew that I'd have $15,000 Fifteen to $20,000 probably in cash on me. She's like, somebody's going to bonk you in the head, take this money, leave you for dead in the front yard. And the worst part is, is the tenant probably won't even call the police. They'll just be like, uh, Mr. Ambulance Driver, before you leave, uh, can you tear that last little cash receipt out of his book before I can prove that I actually paid my rent that my buddy just bonked him over the head for? So <clears throat> anyway, uh, that that's when she decided that that was the end of that. And it made total sense uh, because you got to figure there was times I would go out and collect rent for one month from one piece of property, drive over there three separate times to pick it up in phases or be stood up and get an empty house, uh, and we're charging $38 or $42 for the management fee.
0: Wow.
1: So you subtract the gas off of that, and all of a sudden we're like making nothing. We're we're doing property management for free. So we squashed that.
0: You were very gracious to keep coming back. I I know. I'd mean, have been like, okay.
1: Well, I was just so desperate. I mean, we we were just in such a state. There was nothing I thought we could do different. But um, we ended up, uh, uh, I went out and saw the tenants face-to-face one more time. And I took a piece of paper out there and said, our office is located here now. Your rent is due on this day. I am not coming to the door. I'm not giving you an envelope. You know, you, you go to the store, buy envelopes, buy your own stamps, you put it in there, you mail it to us, or you drive it to our office. Uh, and, and, and I got a little bit of pushback at the first. The tenants were like, uh, we kind of expect this service for you to come by here three times and pick up our rent? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we, got, we, we changed the way we did things, um, and we eventually moved into using a software system to track it all instead of Excel spreadsheets. Uh, and we had to, we had to do that so we could keep all the uh, copies of everything and be able to show it to the owner. Mm
0: -hmm. And also
1: we started doing the software and keeping copies of all the receipts and stuff because we got robbed. Really? One of our employees that we hired, which was a tenant, uh, came to us and she said that she had, you know, couldn't pay her rent or whatever. Uh, we were right there at that tipping point of needing to hire somebody. Yeah. So we hired her to help us as far as keep records. Uh, and of course, one of those things was, uh, staying in the office and picking up the rent while I was out in the field, checking on rehab jobs and so on and so forth. And, um, she ended up calling her boyfriend at the time and said, you won't believe this, but I've got a job now and I get to collect rent. We also took cash back in that day. And, uh, uh, we, she said, um, I'm up here right now and it's the first of the month and I haven't gone to the bank yet. And there's like 35 or $38,000 in this bag of that was about 9,000 in cash. The rest of it was checks and money orders. Well, she let that guy, I don't think she wanted to be a participant, but just to tell the story to him and say, I'm a responsible person now, I've got a job these people trust me or whatever yeah. her boyfriend wasn't the best person on the planet <laughs> and he told, her. well he basically instructed her that he was going to come up there and get that money
0: oh my
1: goodness so uh, he came to the office were uh,
0: you guys on Mott Street then?
1: no actually at that time we were uh, we were on Highway 64 Stage Road in Bartlett oh, uh, Okay. in the upstairs of the Caldwell Baker office excuse <clears throat> me All right. Um, uh, but And
0: she just was kind of like.
1: She just said, I don't know what happened. I left to go to lunch. I came back and the money bag's gone and so on and so forth, which the money bag was put away in in a a decent little hideaway spot. Mm -hmm. We had the whole upstairs of that building, which had 14 offices in it and three file rooms. And this person was able to come in and within less than three minutes and find the money bag and be gone. Yeah. So I was the one of course that was saying, No, it couldn't have been her, you know, she's she's in a bad way. She would never risk losing her job. I mean she's You're so trusting. I know. So I'm an idiot. No. It it's Dude. good to
0: believe in people. You wanna but be, you wanna you believe. Do. So you do.
1: Uh Missy Missy's my my more sensible, hard type <laughs> personality side and she's like, That girl did it. You know <laughs> <you mean>? like, <laughs> so uh, she
0: set us up she
1: set us up and but but the kicker was is um, uh we ended up missy called a, the bartlett police department that came and did a report uh they had one of their detectives come out and talk to us and you know they asked us what happened i was like you know what just bad luck maybe a tornado sucked the bag out of the roof i don't know but i don't think it's that poor woman that says that she needed all of our help oh, no. and uh missy kept leaning on her and um now was this, she
0: there, like, helping give and She came
1: back to work the next day and the next day and the next day oh. until we kind of got this figured out. So she she kept coming back every day. And um, now the one thing that I played the hard person on is, uh, uh, and this is a great strategy. I don't know if anybody ever comes across this. So what happened was is uh, the detective went to the house where she lived and started to interview her or whatever, and uh, – uh, she basically started to give up a little information that maybe she knows what happened, but before she does any more talking, she wants to make sure that she won't get prosecuted. All right. So, uh, they got on the phone and, uh, started talking and, uh, the detective asked Missy, you know, if she tells us exactly what happens, will you not prosecute? And, Missy said, yes, if she'll tell us exactly what happened, then Missy would not prosecute. That was very specific and saying Missy would not prosecute. So she gave up the entire story. Uh, and then the detective said, do you own this business alone? And Missy said, no, I'm a co-owner. And uh, the detective said, is the other owner there? And she said, yes, my husband. Hang on one second. And he said... What about you? And I said, oh, absolutely. We're prosecuted to the full extent of the law. So we ended up having her arrested. Her boyfriend got arrested. Uh, I think they're still in jail right now.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Um,
0: Did y'all get the money back? No.
1: That was the other kicker. So if you got personal checks, which was a small percentage, we were able to get those people to cancel those checks and pay us back. But the net loss when it was all said and done was around... $22,000. Oh, my goodness. uh, Because money orders put you through the ringer as far as getting, like, you you can say that it's lost and you have to fill out all this paperwork. We spent hours and days filling out the paperwork for the lost money orders. They would say it would take 90 to, you know, 120 days before it would have to be proven that it never cleared the bank. And so we got about half of that money back. The cash, of course, was just gone, gone. The guy admitted to going to a Burger King. Pulling the cash out and then just dumping the checks and the money order, and I was like, "Again, my my heart part was going, why wouldn't that guy at least go? You know what? I'm just going to reach in the bag and, and take the, the cash, money. yeah, and leave the checks and the money orders behind." But no, he just took the whole bag. And uh, so, again, we were right on that little bubble of trying to become successful, <laughs> gotcha. and we had to uh, we had to actually. Uh, That's a big loss. It was so big at that time that we had to deplete our savings and even take a quick little equity line of credit out on our house. Mm -hmm. Because we knew that the owners that owned all these houses, they also couldn't afford for us to go, oh man, I'm just calling with bad news. All your money got stolen. Right. So we had to make good on all of that money because we knew what we had collected. We were keeping it all in the uh, Excel spreadsheet, who paid and who to apply the credits to and the debits to and stuff. So we made good that month on everybody's payment. And side note, we've made good on every payment in since the conception, just so. No, mis- <laughs> no misunderstandings <laughs> in that. Uh, oh
0: my goodness. But
1: then we, um, <clears throat> then we started in using the Buildium software, tracks everything much better. Stop taking cash in the office altogether. Yeah. Um, that was a little harder for some of the tenants to get used to over time. I mean, because they'd, they'd literally walk in and say, well, here's $1,500. We go. we don't take cash. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's cash. Cash always t- is taken. They didn't understand the part where we, we would turn around and send them out and say, there's a Kroger an eighth of a mile down the street. You know, go.
0: Get a money order. Go get a money order. Bring yeah. it back.
1: We're not taking any cash ever again. And I think that was just to drive the point home that uh, if anybody ever had any bad intentions, again, they would be just absolutely wasting their time, you know. Yeah. So, Yeah. um, anyway.
0: And for them to know, you know, your cash isn't, someone's not just going to come steal it. It's just as much for your benefit as it is for our benefit to not take your cash, you know. Right. So you can have record and you can have, yeah.
1: Exactly. And and, And that makes it to where, you know, we we have them on money orders. We actually make a copy of the money order. We initially we t- we date and time stamp it with a regular rubber stamp and give them back their copies, um, and it's it's made it to where we we've, we've got an almost error proof system to make sure everything gets logged right. Don't get me wrong. We don't, we don't control the U.S. mail.
0: Yeah.
1: You know um, we got a pretty stringent policy on when rents due when it's late and stuff like that, um, and we'll have. You know, we've had people in the past that will mail their check in on the 5th, and they'll say, well, I mailed it in on the 5th. It can't be late. And I'm like, do you know how slow the post office runs nowadays? I mean. <laughs> need to mail it on the first.
0: You need to mail it on the
1: 1st. You need to mail it on the 1st. You actually need to mail it, like, in this particular case, is like you need to do it three or four days before yeah. the 1st. Uh, the post office is busy. You know, Amazon's around now. That's priority as far as getting stuff okay. around. Letters are kind of secondary, but.
0: Now you just need your drone to go pick up rent and then bring it to you. <laughs>
1: yeah. When I can figure that one out, they were really they were really doing good. If I could send drones out to collect the rent, it'd be awesome. But we've we've uh we're we've got that up and running and over the course of the, the years that we've been doing property management, I think our average rent now is running somewhere in that eleven hundred dollar range, mm-hmm. you know. Um we also restructured our pricing on uh, property management. It's to where we charge a eighty five dollar a month flat rate fee, and it attracts those owners that are getting nine hundred, eleven hundred, fourteen hundred dollars in rent because the monthly fee is a flat rate of eighty five.
0: Right, and that's only when they have a person in the home, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're we're not making money, and they're not making money if nobody's in the house. Right. Uh, and it also makes it much easier for me to explain a lot of times on the phone. You know, we do have investors that we we manage their properties that are $650 a month, uh, maybe even 600 575 in some cases, uh, mm-hmm. but they still play that flat rate of $85, and uh, we get a little bit of pushback on that, but my thing is is they, they called us for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because the other property management company figured out they can't give them A-plus service at $42 or $38 a month, just like we had to learn you can't give them A-plus service service at that dollar figure. And we also learned that it's three times harder to manage a property at $500 a month rent versus a property that rents at $1,500 a month. There's just a whole nother level of problems that go along with, you know, managing that property. Yeah. And it also makes it now to where um, all of our owners feel like that they're getting gold star top shelf service because they know they're all paying $85 a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The The reason a lot of times our phone rings with investors that do have lower-end properties like that $800 range or uh, $700 range is because they're getting treated like second-class citizens.
0: Yeah, they're on the back burner because their yeah. rent is not, you know, as much. Their, yeah. their,
1: their monthly fee that they're collecting for service in that house, you know, everybody tries to fight for the better deal or whatever. <laughs> and, and, and I've actually had investors call me up and they're like, well, right now, uh, this person's charging me 8% on a $600 a month rent. And my first response always is, well, how's that working out for you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're calling me. You're, you're, you're calling me. There's,
1: <laughs> there's got to be something. He's like, well, they don't answer my emails. They don't answer my phone calls. Uh, they're late paying me, you know, four months out of the year. Uh, you know, this plethora of problems I love. And, and I'm thinking to myself, Look at all the money that you're saving, though, right? You know. Yep, yep. You didn't get paid three months' worth of rent. You didn't get this.
0: And the point of a property manager is to take all that stress off of the owner and the investor. Right. But they're not doing your job if all the stress is on that person anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So.
1: And it and it just it, it I don't know. I guess I could say it drives me crazy. But you know, some of these investors will go out there and make investments in real estate, and then they're looking for the property management that's going to get them the cheapest rate per month. And a lot of times the property that they're investing in, $40,000, $80,000, $120,000. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you know, why don't you look after, why don't you make sure somebody else looks after your investment with as much enthusiasm as you do?
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and I know... Uh, maybe a couple months ago, Missy said that you guys did a like kind of a shop around of other property management companies. Oh, yeah. Um, and that half of them didn't even answer the phone or half of them didn't even have answers to some of the questions that she asked calling or not calling as an investor and an owner. And that just blows my mind.
1: Oh, it's, it, it doesn't surprise us at all. Yeah, I mean, we made a living off answering the phone around here. Now, <laughs>
0: As we said, <laughs> don't let a call go. Don't let it, by. Exactly.
1: That was in part one. Don't <laughs> let a call go by. It could be money calling in, but um, these uh, these these big property management companies. Uh, you know, some of them own, they're managing eight hundred houses, twelve hundred houses, uh, up to you know somewhere in the neighborhood of. Uh, uh, I don't know, I guess there's a couple out there, maybe 1,500, 2,000. But the truth of the matter is, is they own 400 houses themselves in-house. They might own 800 houses themselves in-house. And these investors will go and join that particular property management company and never even give it a second thought of, well, if they're getting five to 50 phone calls a day about renting properties, and they're running the background checks on these people. Where do you think the best qualified tenants are getting steered mm-hmm. to go occupy? Yeah,
0: yeah. they're going to
1: go to the they're going to go to the property management companies' houses that they actually own the properties, right? Because they know the turnover is the biggest expense. Collection is is the biggest expense. Uh, <clears throat> taking them through evictions is a huge expense. So, in mine and Missy's case, what we decided to do is we actually did have a few rental properties ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we've actually made a life switch and now we're looking for like this hundred percent paid off type scenario. Um, So we, we actually sold all of our investment properties. Okay. Uh, So the one thing that a, uh, an investor or anybody, even an individual that's wanting to get their house managed, they don't have to worry about competing against mine and Missy's houses. Right. You know,
0: I never even thought about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something that they need to take consideration. Now, another thing that we also turn around and restructure, because we've diversified this company pretty well over the last years, uh, we do homeowners associations, we do commercial management, we do commercial property sales uh, and work with buyers. We, we manage homeowners associations and we also do property management, but we've got it broken up in divisions where it's all manageable and uh, we keep a really tight seal on that. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and you have the staff
1: to... To back it up. Right. And so uh, we made some decisions, and we the max we're going to take is 300. We won't manage more than 300 houses. That's all there is to it. So that definitely makes it to where we can still give A-star service and make sure everybody's concerns get addressed, everybody's phone calls get returned, every email gets returned, uh, and we keep an open line of communication for all of our owners of the property. To whereas. We've already seen because we did, like you said a minute ago, we went out and shopped our competitors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know some of our competitors that do the 600 houses, the 1400 houses, that owner's not getting through the phone, the no. tenant's not getting through no. the phone. Uh, they're how's be, that manageable? Yeah, how's yeah? I mean, and if you had 12 employees, you start you start thinking about how I'm going to break this up into two or 300. Uh, houses per employee. Mm. Well, what if that employee doesn't do their job? I mean, it's it's a filter type scenario, but if you ever wanted to get to the actual owner of the company, good luck.
0: Yep.
1: You know, yep. I mean, I can tell you right now, I know the owners of the property management companies that manage 800 and 1,200 and 2,000 properties. I can assure you there's no investor that they are currently doing business with that could get them on the phone within two hours or two days, as far as that's concerned, to be honest with you, because they would they would basically just take a quick glance at the portfolio, and if they had two houses or five houses, they wouldn't get a call, call back. We've taken over houses, and I don't even care if they had contracts with those companies. They basically are like, he called here three times in two months. He's way too much to look after. Give him away to somebody else.
0: Yeah, so, and that's sad. Now, when, through the through the Superior Property Management, when did you guys kind of start to make those or solidify those decisions of like just, we're only taking 300, we have the staff to successfully manage that, answer every call, every owner, every investor, every tenant, are, they're on our priority list.
1: That decision was made at House 301. <laughs>
0: Really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're all in the office, look at each other and go, hell no, we can't take on anything else. Just stop it. I mean, uh, yeah, that was definitely a decision that we made right at that breaking point because, again, it's it's either try to increase the staff, which we've already heard of the history of how hard it is to find people that you trust and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Um, and then, you know, people can only handle so much. Mm-hmm. and we realized that we didn't want to uh, drop the service level. And at 301, you could feel the service level drop. So we were like, that's it. We're not going above 300. Uh, we're actually in the process now where we're actually taking on some new houses. Missy's picked up like seven this week. That's awesome. in the last two weeks maybe. Um, but the only reason we're even doing that is uh, because, you know, a lot of the clients that we have, were pushed into being landlords. They didn't want to be landlords. Really? So, excuse me, it was people that had houses. The downturn of the market came about. Uh, They couldn't sell because they were underwater Mm -hmm. in their investment. Um, We had to step in and do something. Uh, A lot of times, you know, even foreclosure wasn't even an option for some of these people. Uh, We do a lot of stuff with the military. Mm -hmm. So they have security clearances that are tied to their credit scores in a lot of cases. So, I mean, we were managing houses sometimes where uh, the house note was $2,400 a month. We were renting it out for $1,800 a month oh, because wow. that's all it could, right.
0: that's, that's all we
1: could get in rent. That was the max. Right. Uh, but the homeowner knew they'd rather eat $400 a month in negative rent than they would eat the whole $2,800 yeah. you know, or 2400 Or There's that add up thing again. With, that's continuous with me. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, as far as I can tell, that should tell the story of how we ended up getting to the property management company. What are we? What, what's our third thing we're going to cover in I think the
0: third is transitioning from just superior property management into how you guys took on real estate. And then now we are Weikert Realtors SPM.
1: All right, so with the transition from just the mom and pop shop to a national brand. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. we'll do that next time.
0: Well, thank you guys for joining us at Real Estate by the Numbers. They never add up.